Okay, we're on the test with bottom of Chesam Vase. So we're continuing on, we went through, uh, we went off track actually on our discussion, and we started going into a whole discussion about Benes and Zibiris, etc., etc., etc. And that all came from the discussion we originally started the, the sugi with two daf ago about when do you pay Meitav and when do you pay Subin. We had come back before, just to Chazik, because we're going to get back to it. The Rav Hunabred Yeshua and Rav Papa had explained that you, if you're paying Karka, you have to pay the best type of Karka, the Idias. If you're paying anything else, anything else is automatic considered metaf because it's sellable anywhere and if you can't get a good price here you can get a good price somewhere else etc from that we went off on a, on a tangent on all the halachas of idia zibaris and benina so we have one more piece left to that before we get back to our sugi zemar abayah Ruven shemachar sada l'shimin shaloi ba'achrayis. Ruven sells a field to Shimon without achrayis, which means if the field ends up being taken away by a balchayv of Ruven, or and smachleik is ingmar mabasra, but according to some sheet is ingmar mabasra. Even if it turns out that the field was never Ruven's to begin with, so it was really just a liar. Still, Shimon has no recourse on Ruven. It's smachleik is ingmar mabasra on that last point, but that makes sense in this sugiyton on that sheet. Now, before they close the deal, now, uh, just like in modern-day real estate deals, modern-day real estate deals use, like, sign a contract of some sort, but that's not actually mean that, the, that it's done. Then you go to what's called the closing. And at the and closing, okay, fine. Fine. Oh, say that. In America and in other places, you do two stages. You do, like, a basically a, like a handshake deal, a contract, which means it's not done yet at all, and then a closing, which is actually when you make the payment, and then you would make the halachic kinyan. So at this stage over here, you would not make a halachic kinyan at all. You just made a handshake deal. Now, the halacha is, if you back out on the deal at this point, you're ever a klala called mishapara. There's a klala mishapara, the Gemara discusses, that you have a klala, chazal put a klala on someone who backs out on a deal. Okay. So here, before you had a chance, you didn't back out on the deal yet, but you also didn't close the deal yet. And now rumor starts. You don't have Adam or anything. Rashi is iron. There's rumors starting that it's not so clear that it's Ruvain's. Basically, what nowadays we would call a title search, right? So after you sign the contract, then you do a title search, and it comes up fishy a little bit. It's not so 100% clear that it's a clean title. So the Halacha says, If you did not yet make a Kenyan, you can back out. Even though normally we, don't, we tell you not allowed to back out, halakhically not allowed to back out, but here, since it's iron, you're halakhically allowed to back out until if you did not make a Kenyan yet. Mishrechsik, but once you made a Kenyan, so then it's too late. Then you have to follow whatever the halakh is in the Shtar. My time, if you made the Kenyan, and turns out it was never his, or whatever the deal was, that, that something was wrong with the deal, you lost your money. Chayas the kitchen is a bag full of air you bought. When you buy a field, Shaloi Bachrayas, that's the risk you take. <laughs> it could be it's not, it's, uh, it could be you bought nothing. And that's just the nature of the game. Says the Gemara, Derech Agav, what's considered a Kenyan? Now, Taisus, this chat we're saying now is the way Rashi learns the Sugi here and in Subas. Taisus says that the, this chat is very strange because Taisus says, because what is this Kasha? How do you make a Kenyan Chazaka on land? I mean, there's nothing to do with our Sugi, right? Go learn Hilchas Kenyanim, and we talk about how to make Kenyan Chazaka on land. But that's how Rashi learns it. When you walk on the borders, that's a very strange type of Chazaka because normally Chazaka means you build something, you plow in the ground, you plant something, or you build a fence around it. Walking around the edge of it, taking the keys, maybe if, if you can lock it, but walking around it, l'chera, is not a type of chazaka. So Mepharshim saying Rashi, one of two pshatim. Either when you walk around it, you're like stomping the ground down and making some sort of border or fence area around it. That's one pshat. Or we're talking about where your field is next, this field you're buying is next to your field. So Daesh Mitzvah means you're actually knocking down the fence and connecting it to your field, that makes it one big field. Okay, so whatever the halacha of the Kenyan is, once you make a Kenyan, then already there's no backing out, too bad. 
This halacha that we said that if you made a kinyan, you didn't make a kinyan, back again, not back again, is only when there's no achrayis. Of achrayis, if you bought the field of achrayis, which means if it turns out it's not that field, not the owner's field, you get your money back, loy, then you cannot back out on the deal even if the rumors start before you actually made the kinyan. You have to go through the process of making the kinyan and then you can deal with it. It says, Even I think I said it backwards. Even if you you could say, even though you're going to say, no, I said it the wrong way. Let's go back and say it again. Okay. Then you're going to get your money back anyways. When you buy a field and it turns out it's wrong, you're going to get your money back. And the first will explain, when I buy it that means that I'm really showing that I care about that it could be a clean title. And if it turns out it's not a clean title, then I can back out at any stage that I want. Even if I made a Kenyan, I can back out. No. I feel once you made a Kenyan, you cannot back out. Why? means that if Bezdin says that you have a right to back out on the deal, not back out on the deal, but come back to me and get the money, then you could. So the Balakarka who sold it to you says, no problem. There's a rumor now. You made the Kenyan. Too bad. What? You want to back out on the deal now? Go to Bezdin. If Bezdin says I have to return the money to you, I'll return the money to you. But bring me a, a document from Bezdin that says I have to return it, and then I'll return it. So you have Machlaikis over here. Do we make you go through the formality of going to Bezdin? Or since there's already iron, that's enough for the guy to say, I'm out of here. I was not interested in such a Kenyan. That's enough to back out on the deal. Just a technical point. Okay. All this was Derek Hagev. This is not the main sugi over here. So you won't spend a lot of time. Ravuna Amar, getting all the way back to the original discussion. We had original discussion we started two days ago was, how do you reconcile the halacha of Meitav with the halacha of Shavah Kesef? So before we came out, that the Machleke, the Ravuna, the Yeshua, and her Papa had said, like we explained, that Meitav is by Karka, and anything which is Metaltalin is automatically like Meitav. Ravuna over here says a different shot. He says, first of all, the truth is, it's a double-stage question. First question is, one Pesach says Meitav, one Pesach says Kesef. Before we even get to Shavah Kesef, Meitav or Kesef, which goes first? If you have a choice to pay. So it says that Ravuna, Meitav and Kesef is the same. And the Chayr Pshat is because the whole idea of giving Meitav is that it's easy to sell. So if you can give Kesef, that's also very good. The only time this is not true, Tesis points out, and Ksubasi points it out as well, that if you're talking about paying back a loan then you have to pay back Kesef cash if you have it. Since you borrowed cash, then the person can demand cash back if you have the cash. Okay, by a Hezek, which we're talking about, then you could pay him either Lechatchila, you could pay Kesef, or you could pay Lechatchila, pay Meitav of Kark. Yeah. So what about I understand cash being equivalent to the best fields. What about Shavakesef, Subin, garbage, anything? So that works too. Where does that fit into the discussion, which was really what Avuna Bredi Yeshua was talking about before? If you don't have Meitav and you don't have cash, then and only then can you give Shava Kesef. So obviously, if nothing else to give, then he has to give that. No, Mal the same. Amrinale, you could tell the Mazik Zil Torach Zavin Vaisle Kesef. You only have Shava Kesef. You only have Subin. You only have uh, whatever a books, a car, whatever it is. You go sell it, you get the cash and come pay cash. That would be the Havamina. 
Kamash on the Pasuk that no. Lechatchili you should give karka or Lechatchili you should give cash. If you don't have those, then you can give something which is Shava Kesef. And then, of course, it's up to the Nizik to go sell it, right? And he has, or the, in, in that case, to be able to get his money back. But Lemaisa, the Pasuk is Mechadish to you. That's, it's not the Tircha of the Mazik, it's the Tircha of the Nizik. And Bidiyavid, if he has no choice. We have Machlaikis here, whether Lechatchila you can give Shava Kesef. According to Ravuna and Yeshua two days ago, lechatchila you can give shava kesef anything. According to Ravuna and Arsuga, it's not lechatchila; it's only b'diavet. When you have nothing else, then you can give shava kesef. Amar Ravasi, Ravasi comes and says a cryptic statement. He says ksafim harei hey ayin kikar. Cash is the same as karka. Cash is the equivalent of karka. Now he did not explain when he said this statement in what context he was talking about. Says what context was he talking about? that he's talking about arsugya. That if you have a choice to pay back cash or karka, it's all the same. So So what's he being mechadish? The is not being mechadish anything. That was Ravuna's halacha that we already know. So what is of asi coming to add? So that's not what he's talking about. Rather, he's talking about a totally different halacha. So a father dies, and he leaves over his stuff to his two sons, Reuven and Shimon. And Reuven and Shimon, uh, the father Yaakov who left over, left over Karka and Kesef. Now, everything being even, we normally could say Reuven gets part of the Karka and part of the Kesef, and Shimon gets part of the Karka and part of the Kesef. But what happened over here is, One of them took said, I'm going to take all the real estate, because I'm a real estate guy. You're a cash guy. You're in the you know the money exchange business, and you take all the cash. Same value, but Ruben took all the karka, and Shimon took all the kesef. Okay, that's fine, fair. They can do that, no problem. Now, when a balchayv of Yaakov comes to collect from the Yarshim, so the balchayv only collects some karka that we already know. So he goes to Reuben and says, "Give me that piece of land that I had a loan to your father, and your father owes me money, and therefore I get that piece of land." Oh. But not the karka. So now, the, so now Ruvain, the Azul High Ruvain can now go v'shakol pagu the ksaf and baday. So now Ruvain can go back to Shimon and say, I, "You owe me cash, right? The guy took a thousand shekel piece of karka. You, I only really owe five hundred of it. You owe five hundred of it. So give me five hundred. So kesef harayikar karka. If they took away my karka, then you can reimburse me and you give me kesef." I mean, so that's his chiddush that if one guy has karka and it gets taken away, the other guy has to give him his cash. Of course, hi brav, I love bro. They're both brothers. One's a brother, one's not a brother. Of course, they're both sons. Sons, I mean, they're both sons of Yaakov, and they both have a shibur aguf to pay back that money from their father's loan. So yes, the bal the balachayv can only collect from the karka. And they, therefore, he can only collect, in this case, from Ruvain. But of course, Shimon also owns, owes that money. And if Shimon only has Kesef, he's going to have to pay back to Ruvain half the value of the Kesef, of the Karka. There's no Chiddush to this, Allah, be Dabar Pasha. Therefore, the Chayra, that's not what Ravasi is teaching me. The other thing says, Ikadiyami, a funny thing. Ikadiyami, not only is it not Pashit, but it's wrong. So we have Svar Safukos here. The, the Havamina says, the first Girsa in the Gemara says, the Halacha is really, really Pasha, we don't have to teach it to you. And the second version of the Gemara says, the Halacha is wrong. Why is the Halacha wrong? Which would automatically mean that the first version is not Pasha. Right? If, there's, if there's a Tzad to say that it's wrong, then you can't say it's Pasha. So it's a little bit hard to read the Gemara. But, Maybe it's wrong. Shimon, who took the cash, says, He says, I took all the cash, right? Let's say a Ganav breaks into my house tomorrow night and steals all the cash. Am I going to go back to you, Ruben, and say, now you owe me half the karka? No. By me taking all the cash, I also took a risk. Yes, 
the Bachayv of our father cannot collect from me. But there's also a risk, because cash is more risky to be stolen than kark is. You took the land. So Mamanavshach, he says, the reason I took the cash is I accept that risk. You took the karka, you accept the risk of the Bachayv. And if the Bachayv comes and collects from you, I don't have to give you anything. Because I took all the cash, you took all the karka. So therefore, Vasi's halacha is either very pushit or totally wrong. But you can't say ksafam arenka karka, because according to this version of the Gemara, ksafam anelai karka. When I take the kesef, I'm totally scot-free, and you take the karka, you're totally meshubad. That's the nature of the shibudim that we're taking. But either way, we're back to our question, what did Vasi mean when he said kesef arenka karka? Ella, you know what the case is? L'shnei achim shecholku. Ruben and Shimon split everything evenly. Each one takes a small piece of land, each one takes some cash. So they both have everything. Now the Baal Chayv comes, says, you owe me a thousand shekel. He goes to Reuven, just because he feels like it. Reuven, you owe me the karka, give me the karka. Okay, so collecting from the assignment, you only collect Zibaris, whatever it is, and Reuven gives a piece of land. Obviously now, Shimon, who also took some land, but the Baal Chayv didn't go to him, Shimon owes Reuven half the land now, right? And therefore, what would the halacha be? The halacha would be that Shimon has to pay Reuven half the land, but, says Ravasi, if Shimon wants to pay Reuven cash... He's allowed to. So, ksafam or inkakarka, in this case, where you lost your land and I'm supposed to give you half my land, if I want, I'm allowed to give you cash. Says the Gemara, that's true. But remember, Ravasi Chalasim. Ravasi already said this halacha in a different context, and therefore we already know this halacha. Where did he say the itma? In our case. So, what happens? So, Rav says that there's such a thing called an estate. And therefore, if Ruvain lost one of his fields now to a Bachayv of the father Yaakov, we reevaluate everything in the Arusha and we split the whole thing up from scratch. Okay? We resplit it up. It's as if that money was already taken aside. We resplit everything. We'll see why in a second. Shmuel Amar Viter. Shmuel says, no, Ruvain loses it. And he doesn't get reimbursed from Shimon at all. Loses totally. So according to the first version, Ruvain loses half, obviously, right? According to the second version, he loses. He loses all of it, 100%. What's the reasoning behind that? And the way I'll explain. Ravasi Yomar, and it should be oi. It's u, but it means oi, Raviyabamos. No, you get a quarter. He gets half of the money. No, let's say the loan was a thousand shekel. And Reuven gave the guy a thousand shekel, piece of field. So now he comes to Shimon, he says, Shimon, you owe me 500 shekel. So according to the first version, he gets 500 shekel from Shimon, cash or karka. So the second version, he gets from Shimon, zero. Going to the third sheet, the Ravasi, he gets 250 shekel. What's the pshat in all this? The more explains. Now, for, in terms of our Gemara, what we're bringing this for is, Ravasi said you'd pay Revia Bekarka or Revia Bemos, one or the other. So you see that Karka, Harehu, Kekesef. You see that when Shimon has to pay him the 250, he specifically said, Ravasi, that Shimon could pay Ruvain 250 in Karka or 250 in Kesef. So you say Karka, Harehu, Kekesef. And therefore, we already know this halacha. Okay, fine. But what's the pshat in this price of Derech Agav? The Gemara explains. Rav Avar Bat Lamachlaikis Kesavar Achen Shechoku Kiyoshim Have. There is an entity called an estate, and even when Ruvain takes some of the field and some of the kesef, and Shimon takes some of the field and some of the kesef, the truth is they, it's all really con- conceptually owned by something called an estate above all of them. And therefore, if Ruvain loses some fields. On the side to the Balchayv of Yaakov, we reevaluate the entire estate. And therefore, everything goes back to the beginning and we split everything up. That sort of makes sense. Shmuel Amaviter. Shmuel says he loses it. Why? 
He says that they're lekuches, meaning when Reuven takes a piece of land from the Yaakov's estate, what really is happening is, really that piece of land is owned by Reuven and Shimon. When Reuven takes a piece of land, he's buying Shimon's chelik in the field he took. How is he paying for it? By giving Shimon a piece of chelik in the land that he took. But they're buying each other's chelik in the field. And since there's no achrayas over here, if I lose my piece of land, I have no taina back on you. I'm buying a land shloi b'achrayas. And therefore, if a ton gets taken away from me, too bad. That's why Shmuel says viter. So can Reuben send a, send a Balchoyv to Shimon? Oh, so th- they can't. No, they cannot. Balchoyv is getting here whatever whatever is available. He can't push him off. We both but have d- equally available. Okay, so I'll give, you, I'll give you 50%. Go to Shimon. That, if you're going to negotiate, negotiate. But Balchoyv doesn't have to deal with it. Balchoyv says, you owe me the money. You owe me the money. Your father owes me the money. And therefore, I can. this is part of your father's estate. It's mine now. It's my, that seems to be the Allah. It's a lien on the property. I could take it. I could take either one. Verevasi Yamar, Night Ravir Bekakov, to get a quarter, because Mesafkalek Yoshinam and the Kaikhustami. He's Mesupik, what this Allah is. Are they Lukucha Shalai Bachrayas, or are they Yershim? And therefore we say, Mamanamutu Mesafek, Cholkin. If we don't know what the Allah is in this case, we split it so you get the difference. Instead of getting zero, instead of getting 500, you get 250. But for our Allah, and this is what we're bringing this here for, we see definitely Zirvasi already told us. So what is he teaching me? So uh, therefore, what did he mean? The Indian Meitav must be the only thing he could possibly mean that we haven't said that he said already is for our halacha by Hezek. That when you pay, you could pay karka or cash. So what's he teaching me about Ravuna? Ema, you're right. V'chein Amar Ravasi. Ravasi is backing up or agreeing to Ravuna's halacha. He's not arguing, he's not adding. And he's saying the same like Ravuna, that you can give cash or you can give karka lechatchila, but shave kesef, that you cannot give lechatchila. Amar Ravzeir Amar Ravuna, another halacha b'shem Ravuna. mitzvah ad shlish. When you spend money on a mitzvah, it's up to a third. What does that mean by third? My shlish. What does that mean? You have to spend a third of all the money in your bank account on a mitzvah. Right? You have to buy an esrog, and you have to buy a lulav, and you have to build a sukkah. Right? And maybe you have to you know, uh, give some stucco, whatever it is. Boom! You have no money left in your bank account. Shlish, 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 a third, a third, a third, all your money's gone. Does that make any sense? Lace of kula besa? Ella Amara Bezeira. Really, we know the Allah is when it comes to mitzvahs, you only spend a fifth, 20%. It's the maximum. Behidr mitzvah ad shlish bimitzvah. When you're going to do a, a mitzvah, let's say esrig, and you can buy a kosher esrig for a hundred shekel, you should spend up to a shlish more for a hidr mitzvah. Up to a shlish more you should spend to to the onion of hidr mitzvah. Whether you're talking about an esrig or a talis or sukkah or whatever the mitzvah is that you're doing, you want to do hidr, how much should you invest in the hidr? Up to 30%, 33%. Baravashi. There's two ways to be mechash bin shlish. It's either 33% of the money you're spending, or it's actually 25%, which is 33% of the total after you spend it. That's always the Gemara says, it's cash all over shas. Here the Gemara says, take her. So either it's 33% or 25%. B'marava amri mishmei de Rebzeira, ad shlish mishaloi, mikad v'yelech mishal He says, the truth is, you can spend more. You can spend as much as you want. The mitzvah is to spend 33%. But you could spend more. And if you spend more, you actually get bigger schar. How does it work? The way Rashi explains this is, up to a shlish, that's a karen karyam, more than a shlish, then you're going to get the money back in this world already. 
Okay, if you can afford it. Obviously, it doesn't mean you can. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. The ikar mitzvah of zekelev anveyu is a shlish. If you need to spend more, if you want to spend more, if you have money to spend more, then you could. But the ikar mitzvah is if you see a kosher esrog for eighty shekel, you don't have to buy the hidden mitzvah one for two hundred and fifty. Right? You only have to spend a third more than the 80. That's the Iker Mitzvah, Hitler Mitzvah. Okay, said, look in the halacha, obviously, what each person could afford. If you spend more, you'll get it put into your bank account. So, that's what it says. Test it out. Back to our suya. This is the mission. Anything which I am mechayev to, I am mechayev to watch, that I am machshu its nezek. What does he mean machshu its nezek? Rashi brings two pshatim and how to read the resha here. Either achshati nizkai means I have prepared the hezek, which means I'm responsible for it. Or Hikshati means I am responsible to fix the Hezek. So Hikshati might mean fix. Two ways to read it. Hikshati Mitzan is gonna hear clearly means I prepared it, means I, I caused it in the Seifa. Hikshati Mitzan is if I only caused partially the damage, then still I am still responsible for all the damage. What is that case? We'll see in a few days exactly what that case is referring to. Also, this is only my nechassim she'ein behen me'ila. If I damage things which have no din me'ila on them, then I'm responsible to pay. If they have a din me'ila on them, I am not responsible. Generally speaking, it sounds like things of hegdish, but it's a strange expression, calling it ein behen me'ila, as opposed to just saying hegdish or not hegdish. Tomorrow we'll explain what this means. We learned this out because it says shorei eyu and not shor shal hegdish. Also, nechassim she'ein b'shel b'nei bris, if only if it belongs to a yid. Not if it belongs to a guy. And it says, which means they're owned by somebody. If you damage Hefker, you're not going to be Chayev, which obviously doesn't make any sense, because of course you're not going to be Chayev, who are you going to pay? Tomorrow we'll explain. Now, anywhere you do these damage, and we'll talk about the different kinds of damage, Karen, Shane, Vregel, etc., that you do damage, you're Chayev to pay. Unless you come into my house, or your animal comes into my house, and then I do the damage, or my animal does the damage, and I'm putter. You don't belong in my house. And if you don't belong in my house, and you come into my house, right, it's like Texas law over here, you come into my house, I can shoot you. Right? It's not like that. Okay? That line of the Mishnah, the next line here, a joint property, the Gemara is going to question exactly what this line means. Is that a case of also putter, or is that a case of chayef? The Gemara is going to question it. When this happens, when you damage like this, then you have to pay Minametev. The Gemara said before, this line is, according to Rav, is coming to include, according to Shmuel, I'm sorry, is coming to include Karen. Tanarabon. Kol shechavti bishrasi yachshati esneskei. Kate said, the Bryce says, what's the case? And Bryce says, interesting case. Shar ubar shemasu lecher shayti v'kotten. If I have a shar, I have a bar, so I'm responsible to watch them, and uh, I go cheap on the shmirah, and I hire a cher shayti, or let's say a kot, and I hire a little kid to watch it. Says the Gebraisa, Vezikai, and then they go do damage. The shah or someone or, the, or an animal falls into the bar. Chayef. I am, of course, going to be responsible. I did not do a proper job of Shmir. Chayef Lashalim. Masha'en Kain Be'esh. Says this price is something strange. But if I have a fire and I give a fire to a child to watch and it does damage, I'm not Chayef. What's going on? But my askina, what, what is this case? That the shar was tied up properly. I tied it up properly. And the bar was covered over properly. And therefore that's what... And still, the price is when I give it to a cotton. I'm going to be chayiv. What would be the equivalent case of ish that's covered over properly? Gacheles, where the fire went out. And all it is is a little burning ember. Okay. So, so why, just like your pata by the ish, because... 
you gave him nothing, so you should be putter by the shara and the bar because it was already tied up. Why should I be responsible there? It was tied up, it was fine. If the Kherish went and untied it, that's his problem, it's not my problem. Says the Mar, Ella Bashar Muta, Rabar Magula. Must be. If we say Rechayev, we're talking about the Shar was not tied up and the bar was not covered over. The Kavasa Gabayesh is Shalhevis, when I gave a Cherish a fire. So Mashain came to Potter? So if I give a Cherish a torch, I'm Potter? How could that be? Rabar Shlokish, we spray the Chiskia. Loishano that you're Potter by the Cherish Al Shemasla Gechelis if I give him a coal. The Liban, he goes ahead and lights it up, so then it's not my problem. If I give the cherish a torch, I'm going to be chayev my time. That's a crazy, dangerous thing to give to a cherish. So we're back to our question. What is the case over here by shar and bar your chayev and esha putter? If we're talking about where it's all protected, it's protected. If it's not all protected, it's not. So what's going on? It's a really interesting answer. I did my job. I tied it up. I covered it over. The kavasa gabayesh is gacheles. And that's why by gacheles, when I give it to cherish, I'm putter because I gave him something that just goes out. So why am I chayev? By the Shavan bar. With the camera, my shlach, my shlach, shar, darchil in a tuke, bar, darchil in a ture. A shar is always pulling itself to get out of its tying up. It's not enough to tie up a shar. I have to tie it up and then watch it and be vigilant on it always. Tying it up and going home is not good enough. I'm responsible to watch it even after I tie it up. And by a bar also, maybe I covered it over. Someone could kick it over. A wind could blow off the cover. Who knows what happened over there? And if my shar and a bar is not enough to protect it once, I have to be vigilant and watching it all the time. But by gacheles, but by a coal, like when you finish a barbecue, right? You finish a barbecue. What do you do with the coals? Eh, you throw them in the garbage, whatever. You toss it out. And you hope that it doesn't light a forest fire. Okay? But if you do it properly... Eventually, it just sits on the dirt. It's hot, that's hot, and just goes out and finished. So therefore, if I give a cherishet of a cotton to watch my sharna bar, that's not good enough. I was not properly responsible. Whereas if I give him to watch just the coal, the coal just goes out on its own. If it happens to me, he takes it and lights a fire with it, that's his problem. But according to this Tana, if, according to Ashokish, if I give the cherishet of a torch, right, that's the equivalent of giving him a sharna bar even covered and protected, because then I'm fully responsible. Rabbi Yechon argues on this point. Rabbi Yechon says, if I give a cherish a torch, I am still putter. Why? So that would be equivalent meaning that even if I give him an uncovered bar and uncovered shar, I'm going to be chayev. So what's going on? Why should you be chayev by the shar and bar and be putter by an age if it's a shalheves? Even if I give him a torch, Okay, the torch by itself. If it just, I just put a torch here on the ground. There's nothing to burn around here. There's nothing to burn around here. It's a dangerous thing. It's silly, but nothing happened by giving it to the cherish. It's only going to be dangerous now because the cherish took it and went somewhere else and lit someone's house on fire. Now, mina shemayim, dina shemayim. I'm responsible because I should not have given a lit torch to a cherish. That's clear. But midine adam, I'm not responsible for this fire. Rabbi Yechon himself holds. We'll see anything more later on uh, in, a few, in a few weeks. Rabbi Yechon holds eishem isrum that you're responsible for Aish as if you shot an arrow. Well, if I shoot an arrow and a cherish catches it and then throws it further, it's not my problem. The cherish is not chayv either. I understand. The is not going to be chayv, but I'm not chayv either. So even though I gave the cherish a torch, since the torch on its own was not going to do the damage, it required the cherish to go with it and do something with it. Therefore, I'm not responsible for Adam. Whereas the shore and the bar, the cherish did not contribute to anything there. He didn't do a good job watching it, but he didn't contribute. The damage that's being done by the shah on the bar is direct from me, and therefore I'm responsible. So the Mar says it inside, 
Tzavta Decherish Kagorim, by the fire, even if it's a Shalheves, it's the Cherish that's doing it. Hochel, it's Tzavta Decherish Kagorim, over here it's not the Cherish. Now, obviously, Rishlakish argues. And Rishlakish holds when you give a Cherish a torch, that is, Mabish, you're giving the torch, and it's Mabish, like you sent the torch. So we have over here fundamental Machlakish, Rechem Rishlakish, on how you look at the Nakud of a fire. We'll see how this learned later on when we discuss how Esh works in terms of its Chiv. But Rishlakish says when you give a Cherish of a Katna torch, you're going to be Chayim, you only put if you give him a coal. Whereas the Rabbi Shlakish says, even if you give him a torch, you're still going to be putter. Not that the cherish is chayev, cherish can't be chayev. But you're not chayev because the Maisa, it's the cherish that pushed it on to the next step. Okay, we'll stop here.